Hi, you're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. So with everybody inside and self-quarantining for coronavirus, now's a great time if you haven't already to take on some of these projects like setting up your Ronin Dojo and getting set up with that. And so the interview today is with Zelko. He is a co-founder of the Ronin Dojo project. And he's got an interesting story as well because he's not a typical IT background guy. So I think you'll enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Kraken, one of the world's leading Bitcoin exchanges. They offer really great liquidity with low fees, no minimum or hidden fees. They offer 24-7 support. You can get support in the chat as well. They're consistently rated the best from a security standpoint, and they've recently launched nine new foreign currency pairs. So that allows active traders and institutions to avoid friction when they're executing orders on Kraken. And so that can allow you to be more agile and sophisticated. There's also Kraken Pro mobile app delivering all the security and features you love about the Kraken Exchange in a beautiful mobile-first design. There's Kraken margin up to five times and Kraken futures up to 50 times leverage. Go and sign up at kraken.com or search Kraken Pro on Google Play or Apple App Store. This episode also brought to you by Unchained Capital, a Bitcoin financial services company offering vault products and collateralized loan products. So remember, if you're bullish on Bitcoin and you think this thing is going 5x, 10x, 20x or more, you need to set up your security. And Unchained offer vaults where you can set up a two of three multi-signature vault. So you can have, say, a Trezor and a Ledger and Unchained could have the other key in that scenario as the backup for you or the cosigner if you need them. And then if you want to get USD without selling your Bitcoin, then you can use the Unchained loan feature for that. And so you can put up Bitcoin, it's stored on-chain, dedicated multi-sig addresses, and it's never rehypothecated and you can get a USD loan. Unchained also have Caravan, so you can even test your setup externally to the Vault service on the Unchained website. Go and learn more at unchained-capital.com. Next up is Swan Bitcoin. Bitcoin is better money and you want to stack it regularly without manual processing, right? If you're in the US, look up Swan Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com. You can link any major US bank account via ACH and auto buy weekly or monthly. The Bitcoin is delivered to your wallet or stored with a licensed and regulated custodian. Swan Bitcoin's focus is on education and Bitcoin advocacy. They specifically want customers to hold their own Bitcoin private keys. I'm involved as an advisor with a small equity stake also. So there's givebitcoin.io for your Bitcoin gifting and go to swanbitcoin.com for your automated Bitcoin stacking. Here's the interview with Zelko. Zelko, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Stephen. I'm, uh, I'm super excited for sure. So I'm a fan of your work. I use the Ronin Dojo myself, and I know you have an interesting story. So uh, without doxing too much about yourself, but I know as part of your normal career, it's not IT related at all. And yet you've come into this and you have really picked a lot of these things up and become a big contributor in your own right of people who want to use Samurai Wallet and use CoinJoin and privacy techniques uh, with their own node. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got into Bitcoin and uh, CoinJoin and privacy techniques? Yeah, for sure. So um, I actually got into Bitcoin back in when well, my father-in-law told me about Bitcoin in 2000, 2015. And uh, he was like trying to tell me, I mean, I had heard about Bitcoin, but, you know, friends buying it on Silk Road and stuff like that. But um you know, he kind of showed us his video and uh, he actually gave us a bit. He gave my wife a Bitcoin for watching just to watch the video because he really wanted us to get into it. And so we were like, 
I was like, we need to buy this right now. And uh, I listened to my better half, apparently. So uh, we kind of left, left it there for a while. And then uh, in the, you know, that started the 2016 into 2017, I really started uh, buying a bunch. And then I really got into right, right around uh, the end of 2017, when lightning started becoming a big thing. Uh, that's kind of when I started diving into, I was like, I want to get into this tech stuff. And uh, I ran, uh, I followed a guide, I ran full node. That was my first time touching command line ever. And then I bought some stickers on lightning node, you know, and I thought I was like, thought I was like an IT wizard. And then from there, you know, full time, you know, I, I had work and life come kind of catching up with me. So uh, I came back, I started kind of getting back into Bitcoin big time uh, about about a year ago now. And, uh, you know, I came back and I saw like, oh, CoinJoin was starting to be a thing. And I didn't know anything about CoinJoin. So I jumped on Twitter and, uh, and I saw Samurai Wallet was talking about it. And I saw Wasabi, but I didn't know what was what. And I just looked at my phone. And I was like, oh, look, I got Samurai Wallet. I'm going to let me see what this Whirlpool stuff is about. And that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of my journey into it. And from there, it was just craziness. Sorry, on that, can you tell us what were some of the wallets and tools you used in the past? And then what, why Samurai now? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, in like a 2018, I got I finally switched off of iOS and I got a Pixel 2. And uh, so I was just like, oh, man, like I, th- I think Green Wallet was what I used. My first wallet besides, you know, Coinbase, like all the other, uh, you know, new people out there. I got, um, you know, I started using Green Address. I started using I kind of experimented with a bunch of wallets. I used Bread was my first one. And that's terrible. Um, you know, and then I went to Green and then once I got my phone, uh, once I got the Pixel, I was like, let me see what else is on Android. And I saw Samurai Wallet. And then on top of that, on Twitter, I always loved seeing them just destroy people. So that was kind of, a, yeah, yeah, that was a that was a thing for me. I was like, yeah, these guys are these guys are awesome. You know what I mean? Let me uh, let me jump on this. So I, that's when I kind of started playing with it. And back then, you know, the the stealth address, you had the stealth, uh, you know, dial open and. I was trying to play with all the tools, but yeah, I didn't really jump too much into all their privacy stuff until, you know, until I came back and I saw this Whirlpool stuff and I was like, man, this wallet is light years ahead of everybody. Um, and then for Lightning, you know, I was a huge, huge Jack Mahler fan. Uh, I used Zap. That was my like testnet tool. I uh, I just thought, I thought Jack was is and I still think he is. He's just way ahead of his time, and uh, you know I'm a huge fan. So um, you know, but once I switched to so uh, Android, you know that wasn't really a thing anymore. But you know, it's uh, it's been an exciting ride for sure. These past three years have really just been amazing Bitcoin development. Right, and so as I recall, in I'm trying to remember the exact timelines, but basically Whirlpool came out and one of the criticisms at that time was, oh, but if you're not running it on off your own dojo, then, you know, that's a problem, right? And so then the response was, hey, let's have dojo. So uh, can you actually, for the listeners, can you just tell them what is dojo? Yeah, so dojo is a full encompassing, I like to call it a, a backend server because not only is it your own full node, it launches your own maintenance tool so you can then plug in you know, your, your different XPubs, your different um, wallets, you can plug all those in so that it can connect from anywhere. You can have your own full node backed wallet, which there are, they were the only ones for a long time. I believe green address doesn't now, but 
uh, or Blockstream does theirs. But uh, yeah, so it's it's your full encompassing, you know, one stop shop for your full backend node for full privacy, and you're not relying on anybody else. So uh, that's what Dojo is, and yeah, that was that was the big thing, man. Everybody, everyone was running Whirlpool when I first got there. I think I started running Whirlpool in in June and uh, or end of June into July, and everyone was like, "Yeah, this is cool, but we need like." we need dojo like you you should be running dojo and that's when i had to get a pi 4 and you know start going going on that end yep and so at that time this is obviously pre ronin dojo existing and so there was a channel telegram chat channel and there were guys in there uh, helping you to install it yourself but it was a bit more of a technical process so can you tell us a bit about how you learned a bit about running dojo before ronin uh, in that time Oh yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, that was a huge pain. So Dojo, for those who didn't, don't know was, and still is, it's mainly geared towards, um, a full computer setup, you know, for the non-technical people, but like it's a, you know, x86, 64 setup. So for real computers, <laughs> not, not a Pi 4 or, uh, or Odroid or anything like that. So, when that first came up, but to me, this is like the perfect opportunity to be running it on a, you know, single board, a little Pi 4 just running in the corner of your house. Uh, this was like the perfect opportunity. So uh, I saw a couple guys in the chat talking about it because uh, I didn't have a dedicated computer for it. And um, this guy, Nicholas, who I still like super huge fan of, who comes in very rarely, but he uh, he was the first one to figure all this stuff out. And um you know, we ran it on Raspbian, which is like the go-to um, for the Pi 4 stuff. But um, yeah, to, to get through that was super technical. There was no guides. There was no, um, you know, people would just kind of paste different commands for me to follow. And I kind of just learned my way. And the key for me was really just trying to understand what, uh, you know, what the commands are doing. You know, and I try to learn, take all that stuff that I learned. And then I started making guides because I knew that I wasn't the only, you know, person out there that wanted to do this, but had no clue on how to do it. Yeah. And before learning all this stuff with command line and Linux and so on, what were you using before? Were you a Windows or a Mac guy? Uh, yeah, I, so I ran, I had both. Yeah. My, like, I had like a school computer cause you know, I, I work full time and then I, uh, I'm an MBA student online as well. So I was using you know, just a regular computer, uh, regular Windows laptop, and then I had a MacBook. You know, eventually I, I did a dual boot so I could have Ubuntu and be a cool kid. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't until all this stuff happening. I was like, I need to get, I need to, I need to get all this stuff going like right now. Like it, I couldn't tell you the amount of hours that my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, hey, like, I have to figure this out right now. <laughs> You know, like I'm, I'm so close every day. It was like, I'm so close, but you know, that's how you learn though. Like, that's the big thing that I wanted people to, to understand is that, you know, it seems really scary to jump into this command line because that's like what we've gone away with, but you know, it's, it's really not scary and it's really, um, it's more intuitive than, than people think it is because they don't know what commands do what, but once you get it, it's like, man, like. I, I, everything that I put into Ronin is now I have to do it myself manually. And just cause I love the feel of doing it myself. And, uh, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without that samurai community. Cause they are just like, 
hands down the best community that I've seen for sure. Awesome. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you went about learning some of those different commands, right? Just to, to learn how to maneuver around the Linux file system, how to do the different commands. What were some of those that you learned from uh, that time when, before Ronin Dojo? Yeah, yeah. Um, so a big thing for me was, uh, I think one of the issues with new people starting into the terminal is that you don't, you don't really see it. You don't really see like where you're at or what spot you went to. Um, so a lot of things that I would do is just explore into the actual file system with like, you know, the CD command and then try to go somewhere. And then uh, I would do LS all the time. And that just kind of shows you the list of everything that's right that you're in. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And then um, I would try to just keep going further and further and just using that CD command. And then, you know, from there, if I can't, fi- if I couldn't figure something out, um, I just, I would Google whatever it was like, I'm trying to copy this file to this file. And you'd be amazed that there's literally nothing that you, there's very rarely will you find uh, the answer not on like Stack Exchange or, you know, someone already posted, someone else has already had the question that you have. And, um, you know, for me, it was, the big thing was why I wanted to learn was that I felt like I was a burden and uh, in that chat group and the uh, Telegram group, and I really wanted to understand what was going on. So I really took the time to understand, like, uh, like for example, like uh, you're trying to figure out what that if you have a a system setup, right? Like a system D setup, where um, like for for Ronin, we have that with Whirlpool, where it's just running on boot. Uh, you can check the commands with like system CTL status, um, or you know journal CTL and um, you can kind of check to see what's going on, but I wanted to learn that because I didn't want I didn't want to bother all these guys that are like to me they were like these all stars that you know I could never be part of that elite group. So I was like, let me just not bother these people with my simple questions of like what does this command do. Um, but I took that knowledge and I just like this is why I've always helped people because people like Nicholas sat down and would DM me for hours just helping me figure this stuff out. And uh, that was always my thing. I was like, I need to help people who are trying to do what I'm doing. And they're coming from my same position, no IT background. You know, no one in my family knows IT. You know, it was just me trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, that was that was the big thing is just exploring and just failing, exploring and failing, exploring and failing. And then eventually it, it clicks, you know, and it's it's very logical, too. So once you start to understand, it makes more sense. Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. And I think I have a lot of listeners. I have a lot of listeners who are on the technical side themselves, but I also have a lot of listeners who are on the more, let's say, economic and investment side. And they don't like to try and get into the technical stuff. They just think, oh, that's that's beyond me. I, I'm not going to get into that. But I think today we should talk through a few examples of ways and th- key concepts that hopefully help them decide, hey, actually, I should learn some of this stuff and at least try and at least start the process. And so let's talk through a few of the common commands and common things to think about when you're trying to you know, learn how to use command line. So as you mentioned, uh, using CD and LS to know what position we are in the file structure is an important one. Um, sometimes you will need to stop and restart the process. And that's, uh, as you mentioned, with the system CTL command. Uh, and you might also need to check the logs 
on a specific uh, piece of the um, of the dojo or of the stack. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, that? Uh, you know, logs checking and how you do that and how you know what to look for. Uh, so yeah, I'll gear all this towards towards dojo because that's a that's a big thing. So f- for first off, uh, I think anybody, especially those listeners who are, you know, they're like, oh, this is too technical. Or, you know, even if they're running something like MyNode, which is very user-friendly um, in that aspect, a very, you know, the UI is great. You're going to, at some point, you're going to need to troubleshoot. And that kind of comes into the logs that we're going to talk about. But, um, and if you're not running your own node, there's no reason at this point in time that, especially with a lockdown with, uh, with, with, uh, with Corona, there's no reason to not learn this stuff. So, um, you know, the big thing was just, so for checking the dojo logs, you just go in and um, the great thing about dojo is that they made it so that it's very easy. All you have to do is get to that, get to your, the way, do, the way Ronan sets it up is in dojo slash docker slash my dojo. And that's where, that's your main hub. That's kind of where you do all your activity from. So if you know where that spot is, you can just get right there and then you do a the sudo command, which gives you that. Uh, it's like a root power. It's kind of saying like, hey, I'm I'm uh, friends with the, the all-powerful root um, who has access to everything. So you do the sudo, and then to activate any scripts, um, you just do a period, a slash, and then uh, whatever the script name is. So for dojo, it's, you know, period slash dojo.sh, and then logs, whatever log that you want to find. So the nice thing about Dojo is that literally they have everything set up around that Dojo script. So you don't need to know much other than I need to get to that Dojo script, that dojo.sh, and then type in, uh, you can do help, uh, and that'll kind of display all the commands that you can run. Um, And then from there, you kind of, there's a lot of troubleshooting that goes in, a lot of learning. And I think from the Ronin side, we try to do as much as we could to put as much information into the week, the wiki link that we have, um, or the wiki link that we have, so that uh, users can understand what's going on. You know, the um, the main ones though is the tracker uh, that kind of tells you if you're if it's pulling all the block headers and the mempools tracking properly, and that your transactions are being pulled in correctly. Um, and then obviously you have your Bitcoin core logs, and that tells you, hey, where am I at? That's just your standard Bitcoin core, um, you know, trace logs if you were to do that. And, um, you know, that lets you know, like, hey, my, my Bitcoin node's still running. And then uh, and then the other big one that I check a lot is my Tor, my Tor logs, because I like to make sure that if, uh, if I'm having connectivity issues or, uh, you know, something's not working right, I generally check the toy logs first um, and you can always reset it too. Um, and with everything being in Docker also makes things a little, a uh, little unique, but it's also very easy. Um, so a couple commands right there, just, uh, you know, for restarting just the Tor, uh, the Tor Docker, it would just be like sudo Docker uh, restart Tor. And then it just, all it'll do is just restart that Tor Docker and then, um, it'll connect right back to um, right back to the Bitcoin network, and everything else should be working as as expected. Um, but yeah, some other easy commands. Let me just hit a couple of good ones. Uh, I love using HTOP uh, to check all of my system. So that gives me, and that's in the Ronin Dojo, but it gives you that 
snapshot of how how much memory you're using, uh, what the RAM and the CPU is using at the time. So you can see like, oh man, like I'm, I'm overloaded or, um, you know, I'm getting close or whatever. And it really, we've optimized everything, so that's not an issue, but it, it's nice to give you a, a screenshot of what's going on, what the commands that are running, um, you know, it looks overwhelming at first. I know even after I'd been doing all this stuff and I ran it, I was like, holy crap, it's a lot. But it's a, it's a great tool to use. Um, and then the other one that we talked about was that system CTL. And that to me is, a, I use that all the time um, just to make sure like, hey, if your Docker's not working, that's a, that uses that system CTL. Uh, your Tor uh, outside, if you're running Tor outside of Docker, that's going to be using it as well. Um, and then obviously like for Ronin Dojo, we use it for Whirlpool and uh, just so it starts on boot. And that's a great tool. Setting something up as a system D is a great way to have it automate so you don't have to touch anything and it just it just boots. Um, but using that system CTL status and then the name is how uh, I check everything. That's how I make sure everything's working the way it's supposed to for sure. And another one you could touch on is also just how you edit files. So consider for the typical user, they've only used Windows or Mac and they're used to having a GUI, right? So they're used to double clicking a Word file or a notepad and then editing. Uh, And they they may never have even done that, right? Because they might have just been used to having a program with a GUI where you can tick and untick things. Can you just explain a little bit around you know, how you go sudo nano and you edit the config file and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of nano. Um, my partner, uh, uh, Guerra Montana, he's a, he's a big Vim, uh, fan or V either one. Uh, I like nano. It's super easy. The commands to enter in and enter out are much easier. Uh, so much more user-based friendly, but, um, so yeah, anytime that sudo or uh, the root uh, user, if you ever use sudo and you save something, it's now saved as root. So you need to use sudo to, to edit it again. Uh, so, and we do that for the config file so that um, it's not easily like written over. You don't accidentally rewrite your, you know, your uh, your RPC passwords and stuff for your core node. But um, sorry, it, can we just go back one sec, just for a sec? Would would you mind just explaining what those are, though? Because users might be used to doing things in a GUI, right, where they put in the, yeah, you know, they can type that in. But now in the config file, they need to set those options. So can you just tell us a little bit about some of that and like the different flags, right? For example, you might be setting pruned mode, or mm-hmm. you might be setting the data directory, or you might be setting your RPC password. So can you just tell us what are some of those options and why would we use that in config? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'll hit, I'll hit on Dojo first. Cause Dojo sets the, all their own config file. Um, we set, uh, I'll pull it up just so I can have it. So we pull up, uh, really you're setting your RPC password and then you're setting up your, which is going to be how your wallet connects to anything else. And if, so you can actually use it to connect to LND. You can use it to connect to uh, Electra, um, Electrum Rust server. Um, but so that that's how that connects. And that's why you really want to be able to, you want to know what that is. Um, but uh, the big thing is being able to go in there so you can see your RPC password, right? And uh, for other like Bitcoin core nodes, yeah, you can set your prune there. So if you don't have a lot of memory and you want to prune out your... Um, your Bitcoin core, so it's not running as much uh, memory. That's that's all in there. But yeah, so you would get to the config file, which is just from your 
Docker or from Dojo, Docker, my Dojo, just send a CD conf. And then, yeah, I always do LS just to look at everything. And then, um, so to, to edit it, that's going to be that sudo nano. Um, and then they have everything set as Docker, uh, Bitcoin D dot conf is going to be your, your other one. So the nice thing is once you're up, you see it. It's almost the same as a GUI. It's just not as pretty, I guess. But it's pretty much the same. And you just uh, arrow up and down until you get to where, you're, where you need to. You make the changes that you need to. And then you control X. And that, uh, that should give you a prompt to save it. Right? And then you just say yes with Y. Enter. And then you're done. So that's the beauty of the, the nano is the in and out is much easier than Vim or anything like that. Um, and I, I know for a long time, it took me, it took me a while to get used to nano, to, especially when I had uh, like a desktop, right? Like a, a pie and I connected it to my monitor and I would just like, I would go in manually and edit it myself and save it. And then, um, but I realized that this is a lot more efficient and it actually, um, cause if you, if you try to save a document or you try to nano the, the config file and it's saved by root, you're not going to be able to save it and it'll tell you. And then you're like, oh, okay. I can, I just use sudo cause it tells me I don't have permission. Uh, and then you can edit it. And so it gives you that extra, uh, control and visualizing what's going on a lot better. Um, but it's super simple with nano, just being able to tab up and down and then make your additions or make your corrections that you need to and save it. Uh, so, and then the other thing, just to note for people that if they are running Dojo and they are, they already have passwords set. So for, uh, for Ronin, we set it uh, for all new installs moving forward. Everything is um, randomized. So we use a, a script that just randomly generates passwords for you. So you don't have to uh, worry about any input, but if you wanted to change it yourself, you would want to stop Dojo um, and then go in and make those edits with that sudo nano um, and then the file name. And then after you do that, you save it and then you start Dojo again and those um, those configuration files will uh, re-upload into Dojo. So that's just a little important note for people if they want to try to edit their files. Great. So that is essentially how you some of the key commands around editing these config files and setting up dojo now let's bring it to ronin why did you start ronin and what is ronin dojo so there's a there's a good story for that um i will say that i want i wasn't the uh, i'll say we're co-founders me and uh me and guerra montana and us so it started out with me writing my own guides uh with another guy um uh Burkak. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he'll, he can yell at me later. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we were just writing guides for Raspire 4. Um, and I still see him floating around today, which makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, we were just writing guides and, you know, uh, he hit me up, Guerra hit me up and he was like, Hey, like, I'm, you, can you help me out? Like, I want to add LND or I want to add this and I'm, I'm going to make scripts for everything. I was like, all right, that's cool. That sounds like a lot. I just want to make guides to help people. And then he was like, no, let's, uh, he's like, we should put all of our guides in one spot. And I'm like, okay. So we did that and we called it Ronin Dojo, uh, just for like single board, you know, either Raspi, uh, Raspi 4 or, uh, or Odroid. And, um, and from there he was like, dude, let's just, let's automate everything. Let's just make a UI. 
Let's make it so people can just click a couple buttons and then start downloading, uh, start running Dojo right there. And then from there, that was that was it. We just started learning how to, that, and that was my first time really learning how to script anything. Uh, so that was a whole nother journey of learning how to write scripts and uh, new commands to create things and create all your system setups that you don't need to worry about. Yeah, it was, uh, I did that. We, we basically did that because we found that a lot of users still, even with guides, they wanted to, they wanted it to be easier. And, um, and our whole goal between me and Guero was we want to bring Dojo and the privacy tools that Samurai uh, has. We want to bring that to as many people as easy as possible. So, you know, that's why we do it. We really want to help out all those Samurai users out there. And, and I always say that, you know, Ronin Dojo is for Samurai users by Samurai users. We definitely eat our dog food for sure. That is- yeah, that's a great example of... Um- you know, it's something you use yourself. And so for listeners who are, again, coming from like an economic or investment point of view and you haven't really, you know, looked into this too much, I'd say Ronin is a great option. And as Zelko was mentioning, you script these things, meaning it's kind of automated for you. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, you may still have to do some command line in terms of troubleshooting for things, but most of the work has been automated away for you. And so it's a very simple process. Uh, so let's just start with a little bit around what hardware you typically recommend for people when they want to set up their own Ronin Dojo. Uh, let me pull up the exact specs. But... Um... So I'm a big fi- fan of the Pi 4. It has better support for uh, with uh, Manjaro. So we use Manjaro. I think we are the only uh, people using that right now. Uh, and I we did that for a couple of reasons. Mostly it has uh, a lot easier support for things, for installing. Um, like, uh, like a Tor, it automatically installs Tor, and then it will also create a separate user, which is better for privacy purposes. Uh, nothing is, you don't have to worry about any sort of uh, data leak or um, intruder entering through your Tor user because it has very limited access. So um, there's that. And then it also has a better capability. It uses the full, um, I don't want to get super technical, but it uses the full capabilities of a Raspberry Pi 4, um, which Raspbian still isn't caught up to. So it allows us to um, install uh, uh, Myriad deep, um, Myriad database. And um, so that's like, that was a big deal because uh, there's a lot of catches that require some tinkering with um, with the database side on uh, like my node has to deal with it and a couple others. It was a very weird um, command that you had to run that I wasn't a big fan of. So when we saw that this had that capability, we kind of jumped on there. Um, but so yes, the the stuff that I always recommend, uh, there's a a Labist Raspi 4 complete kit. It has even it even comes with a fan. I always recommend a fan, an Raspi 4, obviously, and um, you know your your SD card. It doesn't need to be a lot, 16 to 32 gigabytes. Um, as far as I I always recommend a SSD. The performance is much better than a, a standard hard drive, but um, you know, I use a Samsung Evo um, eight hundred and sixty. That's my that's my choice. 
but yeah, any, any SSD, uh, one terabyte, I would say is going to last you an extended period of time. And with the next Dojo release, you're going to want, um, you're going to want a one terabyte if you intend on using an indexer, which is like a uh, Electrum server, Electrum, um, server. So they use like electors or, um, or Samurai is going to be releasing their own, which is uh, going to be exciting. But it it kind of floats up above that 500 gigabytes. So if you don't have 500 gigabyte, more than 500 gigabytes, it's not going to work for you. Um, so yeah, I always recommend one terabyte. You know, you're going to have it for a while. Your S your SSDs last much longer than your your hard drives. So uh, it's worth investing a little bit of money into your hardware. Um, you know, other than that, everything comes in this uh, Labis kit. It's um, it's a hundred dollars right now, and uh, in the U.S. and it comes with everything. And then we also have an awesome uh, working relationship with Crypto Cloaks. Uh, they make some awesome stuff. If you wanna, you know, you wanna pimp out your your Dojo node, your Ronin Dojo, and have some cool, uh, you know, some cool Samurai logos on there. Their stuff is awesome, so I definitely recommend them. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's all you need. Cause you just plug and play and you don't need, um, you know, you don't need a screen. We, we want to work on a screen, but I'm really trying to, we had some bigger plans this year that we're really excited about. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for hardware though. Yeah. So with the cooling, it's important to touch on that because I think if you just use the standard, raspberry pi case the default case that might not really be good enough right it's ideal to have either the fan or what i often recommend is the flirk case f-l-i-r-c flirk case and that's like a passive cooling basically so that's kind of an easy option as well absolutely yeah you have to have some sort of cooling uh when you're running this because uh like i said in the beginning dojo is a back-end server so it is it's definitely resource heavy so you're going to be hitting a lot. Uh, it's going to get hot for sure. So you want some sort of cooling going on, whether it's passive cooling with uh, with the flicker case or a fan. Um, I've even heard people, I mean, when I first did it, I ran into that and I just put an actual big fan next to my pie and just let it go. But um, you need to have cooling on there or it's going to shut down on you. Yeah, and that means it won't be as reliably running and so on. And then you might have a bad experience. So for listeners, make sure you do think about cooling for your Raspberry Pi or for your Odroid if you go that direction. Um, and so let's talk about how you set it up. So in the earlier days, it was just a guide and you had to just go through command line, do it all, right? Um, nowadays, there's a more scripted install. So can you just walk through just high level? What are the steps that the listener should think through what are the steps for Ronin Dojo? So Ronin Dojo, you, you'll have your Pi set up. You'll take your SD card. Um, you'll put that in your main computer uh, and you'll flash uh, the Manjaro um, minimal image, uh, the latest one that's out there. I think it's 19.12. Um, and then from there, you'll plug that back in to your Raspberry Pi. Once the flash is done, plug that in. Um, we do a, you have to update kind of like you would for any other Linux system, whether you use, uh, you know, app get update, app get up, upgrade. Um, but they use Pac-Man. So you'll, and we have the commands listed on our on our site for people. Uh, maybe we could put a link on there, but um, you just run a couple of commands to update your system. 
So it's all good to go. And then from there, um, you'll clone our, our GitHub. So you have the full repo. And then uh, you just run the Ronin script. And then all you got to do, go down, hit system setup, hit the system setup, install Dojo. If you want to install Whirlpool as well, you can do that one. Um, and then it will take you the rest of the way. It just uh, it tells you each stop what you're going to be doing. And kind of we set it up so that you get an experience out of it. So you're seeing what exactly that we're doing. We try to do a lot of, um, you know, this is the commander. This is what's going on right now. And then it'll do it so that users get an idea of like what's being put onto their system or what's working at the time. Uh, so you really, if you sit there, you can sit and walk away or you can sit there and kind of take a learning experience and see what's going on. And I also try to tell users like, hey, we we document all of our scripts so that if you want to take this journey into command line, you're more than welcome to, you know, see like what all what all of our commands do because we label everything in our in our scripts so um i think it's a good experience in that end but yeah really once you have ronin the ui up which is just a couple commands um from there it's it's i think it's three clicks so it's it's pretty straightforward right yeah so it's so there is a little bit of command line but it's very light and um oh also maybe just talk through what SSH is for somebody who is not used to that, right? So you would, so the experience for them would be to SSH into their Ronin on the Raspberry Pi. Can you tell us what that is and how you do that on a Windows or a Mac PC? Yeah. Um, so SSH is just your way of having that secure, uh, secure entry into your, uh, to another device on your local network. Uh, so from, I use a, a Chromebook. So for me, it's easy because it's right there. I have terminal like right on my computer. But um, if you're using a MacBook, uh, there's actual terminal command in there that you can uh, that you can enter. I believe it's just the Apple spacebar terminal. Um, and from there, it's SSH. If it's your initial setup into, into Ronin, like the very first boot, you'll do root at and then the IP address that um, your Pi, your new Pi 4 is going to be assigned to. On the reverse end, you can do that in Windows with um, with PuTTY. So PuTTY is another one that you can use. Or there's, uh, I think there's like a new Ubuntu launcher on Windows that uh, people can use. It's been a while since I ran with Windows. I try not to dabble back into those those realms. But yeah, it's um, it's generally not too hard. I think the hardest part is trying to figure out. And again, we, we try to put all this in our, our wikis is figuring out where you're like what your new assigned IP address is. And a lot of times uh, you can just find that on your, uh, with like however you view your your ISP um, information. That's generally how I do it. Mine kind of tells me immediately as soon as I have a new device logged in. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just explain that just the context of the listeners. So you have an internal network and your router is assigning IP addresses to the different devices. So your laptop and your desktop PC have been assigned an IP. So in this case, when you set up your Raspberry Pi or your Odroid with the you know, with the Manjaro Minimal and it's booted up and it's turned on and you've plugged it in directly to your router with an Ethernet cable, your router will assign that an IP. And then so later when you're on your laptop or your desktop, you're trying to SSH into that and the way you tell it where to look is by saying SSH, you know, root at, 
and then the IP address. So it'll be something like 192.168.1.6 or something like that because this is your internal IP. So just a bit of context for the listeners. Yeah, um, and then so... Yeah, from there, as you said, there's a couple commands and then you're into the user interface for Ronin, which is kind of like an up and down and press enter sort of interface, right? Yeah, so um, yeah, it, just to rewind, when you do that initial boot, and uh, I'm really a big fan of our documentation because we put all of the different steps that you're going to take because uh, there is the Manjaro like initial boot uh, GUI is not very good uh, for, for minimal. So we put all the commands and all the questions that they're going to ask and like what you're going to want to put for yourself as, as a user. So people can really just kind of follow, follow along on our guide and when they do their initial setup, because like I said, we try to make sure that you're, you're like, it's an easy and a easy experience. Cause um, our first couple of times wasn't very, <laughs> wasn't very easy, but after that, after that initial setup and you save it um, uh, yeah, you'll, and you've created your new username that's when from there on forward, you're going to SSH your username at and then that IP address. And then, yeah, so once you've once you've done your initial setup and you've installed, you've uh, not even installed, it's really just pulling the, the distro. Once you've pulled that distro, it's a matter of just typing in Ronin on the keyboard. After your initial setup, you type in Ronin and your GUI will appear and you're ready to roll. So... Um, I'll just pull it up just to just to do it because I'm a man of I need to do it myself. Um, yeah, so if you're trying to say install, you're trying to install Dojo, right? You just set everything up. You're just going to go back into it's number six. It says system setups and installs. And it's, there's an option number two, install Dojo. You click that. You can even click it with the mouse if you want to. And then you'll hit OK and then it'll it'll prompt the menu for you. So it's, we really made it easy. And from there, we wanted to make sure that every Samurai user could, can go in and check all their own logs themselves. We wanted to make sure that you had the tools yourself to be able to figure out and troubleshoot and provide more information either to us or to other Samurai users in the Telegram chat of like what issues you're having. Um, because number one, the community is always there to help you. Um, but number two, like, then you start to get this idea of, oh, okay, like this is the log that's giving me issues or these are the issues that I have. So, and all the logs are laid out really easy and right in front of you. We, we also optimized a couple things. So when you ask for your Tor hidden address, um, I have it so when, if you have Electrum set up or Electrum personal service set up, it'll tell you your, your Tor address right there. So that way you can just copy it and then you can install, if you already have it installed, you go ahead and connect to that as your single server for Electrum uh, for your hardware wallets. And then, you know, same with your, the same thing is going to happen when you go to use it for, for the Explorer. So for the Explorer, it'll pull up and it'll tell you the same thing right under Tor hidden address. It'll tell you what your, your Tor hidden address is for your block Explorer that you can pull up anywhere. And then you can just go ahead and log in right there. And it tells you the password that we randomized for you. And you just pop that in. There's no username for the, for the Explorer, but, um, so don't get confused. It will ask you for one, but, um, yeah, we try to make it so it's easy and all the information's right there for you. Yeah, that's great. And now let's talk a bit about the Whirlpool setup. So listeners might not know, but basically the key 
points here are you've got Whirlpool GUI, which can run on your laptop or your desktop PC, and you've got Whirlpool CLI, which can run on your Raspberry Pi, right? And so, and now also with mobile mixing, you can mix just straight off your phone. But the recommended setup is to actually get Whirlpool CLI, and you can even control that with Whirlpool GUI. And so, can you just talk us through a little bit around, you know, what that is, what, what, uh, why, why should we do it, and just talk through a little bit around the setup on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Whirlpool, I will. I got to do the the beta um, mobile mixing as well, and I think that uh, the agreed best practice is being able to do your own TX zero. Um, you know, that initial creation of uh, premix transactions. Uh, doing that mobile because you can select and pre-select whatever you want to be in there, which is awesome. From there, as soon as that, because that initial one is really fast, from there you want your your post-mix to continuously be mixing 24-7. And that's where that uh, this uh, command line uh, version comes in handy, especially running it on a Pi 4, or you can even run that on a Pi 3. But just running that alone is going to enhance your mixing experience because yeah it's just run 24 7 you don't have to worry about anything being messed up and then you add in the gui uh, so that you have best control over all of those mixes that are going on so you have control over to say all right i want i want 20 mixes for all of my my utxos and post mix um, or you say i just want three or i want two whatever it is you get to control that from the gui and from your uh from your command line and that's that's really where that comes in handy is that the GUI really allows it to go to the next level of control. Um, and then it just continuously mixes on that backend server of a, your Whirlpool uh, sitting on your Raspberry 4. So that's always been my uh, strategy. And I like it works amazing. I know, uh, uh, you know, your buddy Keaton was like huge on that. I got him run that got him running on there, and he was like, "Holy crap! I did not realize how much better it was to run this, you know, twenty four seven than it is to just keep the GUI open." So, and on top of that, just so users know, the the GUI is great, but running it on its own, it uses a lot of resources. So, at least from the on my computer setup, it it really slows everything down. But if I have that. Um, the CLI setup on my Pi and I just connect to it, it really doesn't slow anything down at all because that GUI, if you do it standalone, it runs both the GUI and a CLI on locally on your computer. And so it's it's really going to, to use up some resources to keep both of them going. So if you want that like optimized experience, you're going to want to do the CLI. The CLI is, it really is very easy and I can get into that if you want me to, but it kind of depends on what your users want to do. Right. Yeah. And so look, I think it's one thing to think about here is why it's good to run these things on their own device is most people are not at the point where they can run their own server, right? And so as in like proper with a desktop server, but it's kind of with this Ronin and that's that's why I like it as well is that you can just have this perma on always device and because it's a Raspberry Pi, it's a very low power usage and most people don't leave their laptop open all day. And even if they do, it might go into hibernation and then you might get all these different issues. Whereas when you run it on the Ronin Dojo on your own Raspberry Pi and it's just on all day, that just massively simplifies the experience and makes it so much better. And obviously for listeners, you should know the best way to use Samurai Wallet is with your own Dojo. And so this is a great way to use it. I use it myself. I recommend it. Um, so 
Can you tell us a little bit around some of the different uh, Node products that are out there, right? So now recently, Dojo came to MyNode and I know you helped out the community member LightningSats to put that into MyNode. Uh, and can you just tell us a little bit about where you see Ronin as placed with some of the other Node products that are out there, such as the Noddle and the MyNode? Absolutely. Uh, so number one, I'm a huge, I'm also a very big fan of MyNode. Um, I, honestly, like I, I look up to any of these other uh, Node communities and developers that are out there. Like I have huge respect for uh, OpenNOMS, who does, uh, who works at Raspberry Blitz. And uh, I've, me and him have talked a lot, actually, like, He's one of the people that like, I, I mean, I didn't tell him, but I was looking at all of his scripts and his guides. And that's how I learned a lot of things. When I would get stuck, I would go to his, his scripts. And, um, you know, so huge respect for Raspi Blitz, huge respect for, you know, uh, Raspi Bolt. And MyNode is probably the best user experience that I've seen from any other uh, node setup. And uh, so I was super happy that one, I could help them implement Whirlpool. I think that's great for their users. And then now that they have Dojo, like there's no reason that anyone shouldn't be running this stuff. I think where it separates us though is, uh, like I said, like we are for Samurai users by Samurai users. We also, so we work directly with the Dojo development team to one, catch any bugs or, um, you know, make changes that will enhance our, our users experience. Um, so we get that like first in um, and we get to prep way ahead of time because we already know what's coming down the pipeline for the next couple upgrades. So we're always getting to uh, to test out and, and implement things that, that will help us. Um, and then on top of that, like I think we're we have things that other users don't other nodes don't like Whirlpool stat tool where we're rolling out on this next release. So, uh, you know, users can go in and calculate what their uh, their anonymity set is which I think is great. Um, it's a it's a pretty fun tool. We're, we're going to work on it to make it more optimized and user-friendly, um, but it's it's pretty simple. And Laurent was the uh, mastermind behind that one. So yeah, I think that for us, like we're not super focused on Lightning at the moment, which I think is probably the biggest difference, like the, the biggest difference between us and everybody else is that, you know, we don't have Lightning. Uh, we're for users who, uh, you know, you're a Samurai user, you want to make sure you have enhanced privacy. Maybe you have some hardware wallets that you want to you know, connect to your Electrum server so you don't have to worry about leaking any information. So that's, that's who we cater to. Um, we, were, we, aren't, we are working with um, Zeus and, um, and Evan with Zeus to, uh, if we can make it to a point where we can use maybe that, talk, that toxic change that you get from a TX0, um, and we can use that in some way with lightning. Like I will be all for adding lightning to, uh, to Ronin, but for now, like we are really focused on staying on chain, staying with that core mottos of Samurai wallet. And then, um, and like I said, we're, we're working on some cool new, uh, new stuff for, as far as like our own GUI, adding in some, some new stuff that, uh, I think all the Samurai users will definitely like. Um, but that's, that's definitely goals for this year is to get a really badass uh, GUI going for sure. Yeah, that's great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, Ronin Dojo. Uh, also I meant to ask this earlier, but can you just tell us a little bit about Dojo maintenance tool? Because that's something that the user will need to think about when they're setting up and so on and basically i guess the high level summary i would say is 
You set up your own in Dojo, it will set up the Dojo maintenance tool, it will give you an onion address. You will install Tor Browser on your computer and then you will use Tor Browser to go to that onion address and then there will be a QR code and that's where you set up a new Samurai Wallet, you know, wallet and scan the QR to pair your Samurai Wallet on your phone with your Ronin Dojo. So can you just tell us a little bit about the Dojo maintenance tool? What is it? Why, why should we, you know, what do we do with it? Yeah, so uh, the maintenance tool is great because number one, that's you have to use it in order to scan that QR code, right? In order to start your, to connect your wallet. Um, and just to touch on that, a lot of people ask like, oh, I want to, I want to use my old wallet um, that wasn't on Dojo before. And I want to just put it on my Dojo now. Um, and they asked that, you know, it's going to, you're going to be able to do it easier, um, with this next release. But the real reason, the biggest reason that I want users to take away is why you shouldn't do that is that, um, you know, if you care at all that Samurai, uh, that your, your XPub was on Samurai's server, um, if you care, then you should just start with a fresh wallet because, they, that XPUB is an XPUB. It's not like one address or whatever. It's the entire XPUB. So if you care, which like I personally, you know, don't care, but there are probably users out there that they hear that story about XPUBs on the server. If you care, you should just make a brand new wallet, pair that wallet to your dojo and have all fresh, um, never touched by anybody other than your dojo um, XPUB. So that's a big thing that it, we get a lot of questions on that one. So I like to, I want to just throw that one out there. But so the rest of the, the maintenance tool, you know, you get to see your standard uh, Bitcoin, uh, you know, your Bitcoin logs in there, uh, how, like what your uptime is um, and what the blocks are at. And then you also can pull specific information. So if you want to see if a particular uh, Bitcoin address, how much, uh, how much Bitcoin is in a Bitcoin address, uh, you would use it to rescan your actual, either your XPUB or an address. If it's not showing up, That's this is where you're going to troubleshoot everything is from your Dojo maintenance tool. Um, and again, all these things are going to be super enhanced because it, it'll rely on an indexer on the next release if you choose to install one. Um, and that'll be a lot faster because that's what the indexes are meant for. Uh, right now, it'll, it'll, uh, query the entire, uh, you know, Bitcoin core node to try to retrieve this information, but it's not designed to do that. So, so yeah, it, it's not optimal right now. And with this next release, it's going to be super enhanced. And then you'll be able to use that full um, rescanning capabilities. So that's, that's really the, the key to the maintenance tool is being able to, you know, query your dojo for whatever information that you want. And so it's also worthwhile pointing out that this is really accessible. So the cost is relatively low, right? You don't need to run a whole computer and it's basically a Raspberry Pi 4 and the SSD are probably the more expensive components. Otherwise, and the software itself is free, right? It's all open source. Um, so can you uh, give just an idea roughly what is the cost to run a Ronin Dojo? Yeah, uh, I would say it's about... It's about two hundred dollars. All said and done, if you get a good deal on SSD, maybe maybe less. Um, if you can't, it's probably a little bit more. And it depends. Again, um, some people like to just buy all their parts separately, uh, and that could save you. So I would say it would probably range from about from for US dollars, probably be about one hundred and eighty to maybe two twenty if you really like start to ramp it up. 
And then if you want to get like super cool add-ons, you know, that's, that's obviously going to expense. So yeah, I would say about $200 is going to be your, uh, your price with an SSD. Yeah. And then also for the users who only have Apple and they're thinking, okay, what if I get an Android phone just for Samurai Wallet, the typical recommendations, what are the typical recommendations that the Samurai guys will make here? Oh man. Yeah. They would be mad at me if I didn't say a uh, Pixel 3, a Pixel 3a and, uh, and then getting Graphene OS on there. Um, I, I'll be honest, you know, they can, they can get mad at me, but I still haven't gotten my, my Graphene OS set up yet. But yeah, the, the Pixel 3a is the cheapest option and it's 100% worth it. Um, I've heard, you know, we have a lot of lists of different phones that people can get. Uh, Nexus, there's a Nexus phone that's probably the cheapest. I think it's like 60 bucks. And, uh, and it works great if you're only trying to use it for, for Samurai. Um, you know, so if you're, if you're looking to switch or you're looking to do this and comes from it, coming from a person that made the switch out of, uh, iOS, like it's 100% worth it. Like you start to realize how much more freedom you have on your phone. Um, once you make that jump and this wallet, like, I don't think I've met a user who said I'm switching just to get Samurai wallet. And then they said, Oh, I regret that decision. I have yet to meet one. Maybe they're out there on Twitter somewhere. Uh, they can shout out if they, uh, if they've done that and they are super upset that they got a, an Android, but I don't think they exist. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, for me, I was an Android user all along anyway, so not a problem for me, but basically if you are interested and you want kind of the cheaper option, maybe look for a pixel Two refurbished and try and find something on eBay or whatever. And if you've got the money and you can afford a mid range level phone, pixel three, a is probably the best choice. And that's kind of the, the samurai crowd favorite, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about some of the Bitcoin privacy techniques and collaborative transactions as well. So with Samurai, you can collaborate with another Samurai wallet user to make your transaction more private. And this is known as the Cahoots uh, theme, I guess. And then the actual product names are Stonewall X2 and Stowaway. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience using those uh, to improve your privacy? I'm a huge, huge fan of, uh, of doing all these cahoots and cahooting with other people is what I like to call it. Um, because it really opens your eyes to how awesome this software is and like the, what the Samurai team has put together. It, it really blows your mind, especially stowaways. I think stowaways are probably the, the craziest things that I've ever seen in Bitcoin. Uh, because for stowaway, if I'm sending, if I'm sending you, um, you know, let's say 0.1 or 0.01 Bitcoin, um, it's going to make a transaction that one, I can't tell that 0.01 went uh, like when you look at it at the end, you don't even know how much Bitcoin was sent. So I've had people do that. I've done stowaways with, and, um, and I can't, I have to ask them like before looking, cause they don't want to tell me how much is being sent. I'd, I'd have to ask them like, how much did you just send me? And, uh, and then eventually it pulls up and I can see it, but you can't look at the TXID and determine how much was sent. And I think that is the coolest. And it also looks like a normal transaction. Like when you go to put that, if you were to put it in, um, you know, block streams, uh, uh, block explorer, block explorer. It, yeah, and, it, and it tries to tell you what type of transaction it is. It'll tell you it's 
like this is a normal transaction. It gives you a little warning saying there's too many outputs, but um, you're like, holy shit, like they don't know that this is a coin join. And then on the other side, you know, with Stonewall X2, you have an actual, you get to do your own coin join. And so for all the people that are, that sit out there and we're like, oh, I don't want to pay uh, a coordinator fee. And, you know, that's up to them. And I think that's fine, but you can do your own coin join. And on top of that, you can use that to just pay somebody else. So if you want to send that to any other address, you know, if me and you are in cahoots and I want to pay a third party, I can do that. And it can be a coin join. So no one knows what's going on. And I think that's like, you know, these tools are just like mind blowing that we have them, you know? Yep. And have you got any tips in terms of best practices with doing those? So sometimes it can be a little bit difficult if you don't have enough UTXOs or pieces of Bitcoin in your wallet to be able to, for the wallet to be able to craft or construct that transaction or compose that transaction uh, because you don't have enough UTXOs. That's one example. Uh, and um, I've noticed personally it's easier in person because you can just QR scan back and forward. Uh, but it is possible to do it online as well. Uh, but basically it involves passing back and forward the payload either through the QR image or through the text payload. So can you just tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah. So prior to mobile release, um, my experience was a little frustrating because I didn't know all the rules because um, there, there was, it was harder to do. Um, and a lot of that came with the more stable release after mobile mixing. Uh, they, they definitely made a, a fix that like helped a lot because it was, it had to do with you refreshing your, your UTXOs. But um, so like my general rule is I, I never spend, um, never spent, never go to make the transaction more than half of what I have. And then, so if I have, uh, if I have one Bitcoin in there, I'm, maybe I'll do like 0 0.04. Um, and then it'll create those transactions for me. And now that you can do it in post, post mix, it's like, it's super easy, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, frustrating. There's still, there's still things that need to be smoothed out. Like I won't, you know, I won't kiss up too much to the samurai team. I, I know that they'll continue to make it better. But there are times when it's hard, but generally if, cause I haven't gotten to do it in person, unfortunately, but, um, you know, if a queue, if sending someone if the payload to somebody, uh, doesn't work, if they send me the QR code, I can generally scan it and it works fine. Um, and yeah, it, there's times when it's frustrating. And I think that's just cause, um, the rules kind of are hard to follow. And then as, if you're, uh, if your UTXOs aren't refreshed or aren't, um, you know, fresh anymore, because say that you're, uh, say that you're, you just got a new mix in your whirlpool and then you're trying to do this from post mix, then it could have messed up your actual transaction. So for me, it's, uh, it's been a, I've had really, really great experiences where I can do all five jumps with no problem. And then I've had other times where, you know, it didn't work exactly. Um, but it's, it's a software that is cutting edge. So what I always try to tell people is that like, this is not, you know, stuff that's been around for years and years and that, you know, it's going to be perfect. Um, you know, you have to have a little um, patience with it. And, you know, if you have issues, there's always community members that are there to help you out. But yeah, the QR 
uh, QR scanning back and forth is super easy and I have not had any issues with that. Um, and I've done, I've done one that was, I think we sent, I think we sent like combined almost like a hundred UTXOs into one transaction. So that was pretty crazy, but it's, I mean, it's awesome. Like there's really no better, um, Bitcoin experience than doing your own coin join, but like manually, like how, how cool is that? You know, like, when do you get to do that? I guess. Yeah, it is very impressive. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's um really just the it's just the class leading um privacy tool set. Um and so can you tell us a little about building the community now? So you've got the Ronan Dojo Telegram chat and you're always in there helping people getting set up. Uh how, how has that experience been for you? So the the community is honestly, I mean, not even even obviously with Ronan Dojo, but going back to Samurai, like that was why, um, you know, I spend a lot of hours, <laughs> spend a lot of hours helping people. Um, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people appreciate it, but um, I do that because I love the community and like, I wouldn't have been able to learn any of this stuff had it not been for that community. So it only feels fitting to do the, you know, to reciprocate. Um there's really there. And like, once you've joined and you, you know, you get your feet wet with this community, some of them are a little rough around the edges. Um, you know, there's a one in particular that I'm thinking of, but (laughs) (laughs) who knows who he is, but I, you know, it's like a new family for me. You know, I, um, I really could not, could not like fathom a different experience. You know, I, I joined the zap team, like the zap stat, uh, Slack group and stuff. And, um, you know, everyone was helpful. Like, I don't, I don't want to bash them, but this community feels like family. Um, and they always will help each other. You know, they'll rag on each other too, but, um, you know, they have, no matter whether it's my questions or anyone else's, there's always someone they're helping. And so I try to spend as much time as I can helping other people as I can. Um, especially obviously with Ronin, cause that's my project, but even if it's not, you know, if it's my node, if it's, any just a, a normal user wants to switch over from, you know, a different wallet and they want to learn, like I'm 100% trying to help them because, uh, you know, I really believe in this project. And I think that Samurai wallet, you know, is light years ahead of all the other on-chain wallets. So that's like, yeah, their community is just, you know, top tier, in my opinion. Bias. That's it. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's uh, well. I guess that's a great place to finish it. Have you got any closing thoughts for the listeners? Any tips for them on how they can improve their Bitcoin privacy or why they should care about their Bitcoin privacy? Yeah, um, you know, especially with the way that the world's moving, you're if you're not starting with your privacy now, like you, you really need to start looking at it because um, I, I'm really a firm believer that. If you're not if you're not starting to think about your privacy and how to maintain good OPSEC and, you know, starting with starting here is a good point because it's easy to set up a private Bitcoin experience, you know, whether it's with Ronin or whether it's you just running your own dojo and starting with a fresh wallet, um, trying to not, you know, dox yourself and trying not to, um, you know, KYC yourself when you're buying Bitcoin. Um, Ergo is a big fan of that. It's. If you can, if you can start making those habits now, when these regulations start to get more and more intense, which is inevitable in my opinion, you know, you're going to be way ahead of the game. So 
if you're not doing those things and you're not taking back your privacy, now is the time to do it. And it's even easier with, uh, with Ronin and it's even easier with Dojo. So, you know, take back your privacy and, you know, and start making Bitcoin private again, make every spend a pay, make every spend a coin join. That's awesome. And so listeners, make sure you go and find Zelko online on Twitter and in the Ronin Dojo Telegram chat room or the Samurai Wallet chat rooms as well. Uh, and there's the, um, is it the, the Ronin Dojo wiki and uh, you, you can find the links there. So uh, Zelko, just uh, where, where, where do you want uh, listeners to find you online? Oh man, uh, definitely on Telegram. I will forever be holding up in the Samurai Telegram groups and uh, in the Ronin Telegram groups. Um, they can also get me on Twitter. Same thing, BTC Zelko. Um, just send me a message. I'll, I'm always here to help people out. So feel free to, uh, yeah, to stop by and say hi. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So now with Noddle or with MyNode or with Ronin Dojo, you've got three easy to use options that you can run your own dojo. And now you can get access to using Bitcoin with your own node over Tor using coin joints. So as always, you can find the show notes for this episode at stefanlevera.com slash 160 and the transcript will be there also. If you want to support the show, there's a few ways you can do that. You can share it out on Twitter, retweet it, share it in your Telegram chat groups or email it to your friends. And you can email me at stefanlevera at pm.me if you want to advertise on the show or if you've just got feedback for me. You can also DM me and follow me on Twitter at stefanlevera. And lastly, I've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash stefanlevera for people who want to support the show and get early and ad-free versions and also participate in the key-based chat group that I run just for the SLP Patreon supporters. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the Citadels. 